You're listening to the Benchwarmers Podcast Network, and this is Ride the Pine. What's up, everybody? Welcome to tonight's edition of Ride the Pine. I am Kenny, and I am here with Adam, Mr. Giggles, and uh, Cameron, looking sharp and uh, chewing his gum right into the microphone, but he's giving up nicotine, so we, we got to be proud of him. What's up, boys? How are you guys feeling? Like shit. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and, and NyQuil and DayQuil we trust. I like that we're running a three-man weave here, and really it's going to end up being a solo once you guys start hacking and we have to hit mute on everything. Well, you know, I'll, I'll apologize now because I have the tendency of doing that into the mic, so. Your apology right. is accepted. Adam, are you ready for your word of the day? Yeah, let's get this thing going. All right. Impertinent. Impertinent. Did you hear that, Adam? It was impertinent. Impertinent. Yes. Thank you, Siri. Would you Can like you spell me? it? It is I M P E R T I N E N T. Oh wow! I did not spell that right. Impertinent. Thank God about the scripts. Did we give him the definition of it, or did he not? He didn't get that right. No, I believe we gave no. him origin and spelling. God, that one sucks because it sounds a lot like important, and I don't—I know it's not important. That is correct. It's not important. Impertinent. I I, this, this is going to be do wrong you, by far. Do you know what pertinent means? It means I thought it meant important. <laughs> yes, I, but I can Google pertinent, can't I? <laughs> No, you can't Google anything. I'm not Googling anything. I'm going to stick to it. Can I... Yeah, what's the origin on that one? It is Latin. Oh, that helps a whole lot. Or Old French. Is it a verb? Adverb. Oh, okay. What's an adverb? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) How did you go to college? Do I need to answer that? (laughs) Please don't. Yeah, but that's a long it's, story. Probably is there pretty a short. Actually, trust fund situation going on here. Are you part of the Murdoch family by any chance? No, I didn't get any piece of that. I was out on that one. <laughs> All right, we're gonna try to work that in here somewhere. Right, that, that double murder, I guess, just went right over everyone's head. Cool. Nope, I, I'm not to the end of it. The crappy thing is, is that I've been seeing all the updates on the trial. The verdict so came out today. I, no, it came out yesterday. I watched it while I was in the middle of a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my boss listens to this. But that was it was on the TV in the background. What was I supposed to do? Hey, yeah. I started The Last of Us while I was out sick, so hmm. haven't started I, that yet. I forgot about the documentary, so I'm disappointed that I'm only two or no, I think I'm three episodes into full swing. I need to finish that. Oh, come on, golf fan! Talking about your oh. personal life like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, Adam, what's, uh, what's our first subject on the rundown? First topic today is NHL trade deadline. Um, I think this is by far one of the hottest deadlines that the NHL has had in a long time. 
And I honestly would say this competes with the NBA. The NBA had crazy stars going all over the place. Um, NHL said, hey, hold my beer, watch this one. You have guys like Patrick Kane going one way. Um, you've got, I mean, Max Domi goes, not a huge name, but he's a solid player. Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, this 41 far, trades and all, right? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it it has to be the best trade deadline from beginning to end. Not trade deadline day, but I think from what the first trade was probably, our first like real trade to get going was probably Tarasenko. Or no, it was probably, yeah, Tarasenko. It, it was probably the Tarasenko trade, yeah. That was the one that really got everything going, kind of got the everybody, you know, jumping and, and bouncing around, but I mean, I think this has been incredibly interesting. I, I don't remember an NHL trade deadline deadline ever like this. No, I can't really think of one either. And um, you know, we're going to take a couple minutes and talk about some of the trades that we thought um, were the most interesting. And I'll just jump off right here and talk about Jacob Trick Chikrin. Is that everybody thought that the Coyotes were going to get two dra- two top draft picks? And they really didn't get anything for Chikrin. Um, You know, a a team that was already loaded with picks got more picks. Um, You know, I understand the philosophy, but when you really truly look at it and boil it down, one out of every seven picks you make, so essentially one out of every pick you make a year, actually makes the NHL. And that's not like full-fledged makes the NHL. That is, has a cup of coffee in the NHL. So the NHL draft is the biggest crapshoot of them all. And, you know, I think the Coyotes didn't get what they wanted. Um, The Senators got what they they wanted and needed. Um, But it was interesting to see that. Sorry, Cameron, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think that's, you know, kind of, they made their own bed by saying essentially that they were looking to trade him for what three, three trade periods now. Everyone knew he's been on the block. They announced what he wanted, what a year and a half ago. I mean, eventually, if you already play your hand, they know you want to get rid of him. They know you keep getting more and more desperate the further down the line you go. You're eventually going to get stuck with nothing. And I mean, you're absolutely right with the picks, unless you have you know one of the top tens. I mean, usually first through five overall picks will immediately become a star in the NHL with the way it's been going recently. I think it's even less recently. I mean, you're talking about one and maybe two being worth it. Um, This draft is legitimately a top ten. That's why I don't feel bad about what the Blues are doing because if you can get a defenseman that's, you know, in this upper echelon on this class, this is the best class they've seen in more than a decade. Yeah, and I think that's what the Coyotes were kind of going for, is I think that the conditions on the the draft picks that Ottawa is giving up are, you have to have a PhD to figure them out. But from what I have heard and everything that I've read, everybody thinks that that pick is going to end up being somewhere around the number six or number seven pick uh, when all is said and done, at least as far as like uh, you know, chances of getting the number one, it's going to be the sixth best chance, six best chances, and then the Coyotes are most likely going to have the number, the first best chance uh, of getting number one. So they're going to probably be looking at probably two top five picks, and I think it's top five protected. So 
you know how the NHL works. You know, the Blackhawks are going to end up getting number one out of all of this. Um, but you know, they're going to end up getting the sixth pick or whatever it's going to be, so that they do have a top three pick, and then they have um, have number six. I mean, everybody's talking about Bedard, but I mean, you guys are Kenny. You hit that one on the nose. That this draft is deep in the top ten. Um, I don't remember a top ten being this deep. Um, they may they may actually have be onto something and be able to 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 make a move a little bit quicker with adding a little bit of youth that can come in and make a, a difference right away. But then the other side of it too is they have next year they have four third round picks and twenty four they have four second round picks, which one of them can become a first. Twenty five they have four second round picks. I know that that. It isn't always the the best thing in the NHL to do is to load up on picks, but now they have trade capital. Like they're going to be able to put a whole large package together, and if they decide that they want to spend the money and people want to come actually play in Mullet Arena, they may have an opportunity. Like it's well, an opportunity that they could trade to. There's your problem. Nobody's going to want to come play for them. No. Um, and, and I will say this. The second overall pick might actually get them Bedard. Yeah, because I think Fantilli might go first. Yeah, I mean, the, there's that kid, and then, um, you know, they were pointing out that Bedard's line mates are actually really good, too. Yeah. Um, don't know who's making who better, but um, it's going to be really interesting. I think it's a possibility that they can they get some actually good return on it, despite what it looks like. Sorry, pull, pulling up... Uh, Ahead, I mean, one of the good things about playing in Arizona, I mean, the mold arena is something that's kind of ridiculous, but you get to wear some of the, the sweetest sweaters in the league. Those uh, what are they, the Chikina jerseys. I mean, they got the yeah. new cactus ones coming out. I mean, there's nothing like that old school black maroon hunter green. Yeah, but ugly I mean, tan. <laughs> the only problem with it is, is that I, before we got on here, I was watching, uh, I don't remember, I think it was, is it? Kellering or Kellering or whatever is his name that made his NHL debut for Phoenix tonight. And he comes out, he does his rookie lap in front of like 10 people. Like, I get it. I mean, it it is a college town. Nobody wants to watch the Coyotes, but man, that's got to suck. To be to be playing in front of a crowd that one, isn't a dominant home crowd, and two, is very lackluster to begin with, That no free agent really wants to go there. What about them moving to Atlanta? I don't think here, they move out of the desert. Here it's on the table. No, they need to move to Kansas City or Quebec. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, if they move, Kansas City they does go. not need it. No, but Quebec does. And I Quebec mean, would you, be a killer for it. You can move them. You can move them to Quebec. Um, talks of Houston uh, apparently wanting a franchise too. So I heard, I heard talks of uh, Austin, Texas, as well. Uh, of Fox course, that's Austin. probably just from the Wash Media people, but. <laughs> You know, the other team I think that had a hell of a trade deadline is Boston. I mean, Boston yep. goes out, they pick up Tyler Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi not Bertuzzi. Uh, they pick up uh, Dmitry Orlov. I mean, for a team that already is on pace to set the record for most points in a game, or most points in a season, and most wins in a season, um, the rich get richer. And I don't know how they did it with their cap space. I mean, that it's impressive how some of these teams are getting to that, and we'll get to another one of those here in a minute. Um, but, I mean, the Bruins are going all in for it. And my only downside to that is the President's Trophy team doesn't always win the Stanley Cup. It's actually rare for them to win the Stanley Cup. Um, it's going to be hilarious to watch them get bounced in the first round or second round, either way. 
I hate to jump off of this right away. Uh, Bucci Gross two hours ago tweeted out that the NHL is already heavily looking at Atlanta and is the favorite to be the next set get a team, whether it's a relocation or an expansion. Oh no! Well, Bucci Gross doesn't know his hole or his ass from a hole in the ground. He's also the worst announcer I've ever seen. Oh, he's so bad, and he is so, so bad, bad on Twitter. Butchergross sounds like uh, he's doing Sports Center in the middle of an NHL broadcast. Oh my god! He, and it doesn't like, work. He was telling a story during one of the Blues games, and I thought Jimbo's head was going to explode. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh my god, this guy!" It's so bad. Well, there's also I mean, NRD at NHL Rumors Daily also reporting the same thing. So, ah, uh, that's not cool. I don't know why it's they got to be an go expansion. They, they failed there already, and Gary Bettman's strategy has been to move south of the Mason-Dixon line. I understand it. It's where the population's shifting to. Yeah, but, but it's all going to be underwater in 10 years. But moving hockey teams to environments where it's hot all year is dumb. Like, so, like his baby, the uh, Phoenix-slash-Arizona Coyotes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will, I will never forget... Going to the the Panthers game on a game that they were clinching a playoff spot if they won, I was literally able to walk up to the door, buy my tickets, and sit front row in the 300 level. Like, had fantastic seats at center ice. There was nobody in that arena. It's like, that it, it doesn't work, and they should find the markets that will support it, and that would be Quebec. And it would I be mean- massive again. I do understand the issue with the Canadian dollar versus the American dollar thing. And then, you know, hockey just isn't growing in those areas like they want it to. But there's good fishing in Quebec. This is true. I mean, I get it. Austin Matthews. And there's great strip clubs in Atlanta. (laughs) Austin Matthews is from there. So it makes it hard to say we just need to move this team, right? Because maybe if the Coyotes don't play there, Austin Matthews plays some other sport or is a CPA, right? Um, <laughs> Cameron, tell us about like your one. cousin. What would he be doing? <laughs> uh, he would be hanging out with the Beebs, and uh, we're Team Selena on this podcast, so we don't need to talk I, about the Beebs right now. I don't think that it – I mean, it makes a little bit of a difference, but I don't think that it makes – that big of a difference that you're going to lose the talent from it. You're going to have the guys that are going to play hockey no matter what because they watch, they like hockey. Like That's just the way it is. It's not because of the team. It's not because of that. It helps, but I, I, don't, I don't believe in the fact that you put a team in a city and you're going to instantly grow the sport of hockey in the city. It's not like putting a team in a soccer team in St. Louis. You know, you put a soccer team in St. Louis that's already big and you're making it even bigger in St. Louis – it's, it's not the same deal. It's like putting basketball in St. Louis. It's not going to grow basketball in St. Louis. That's a great point. But let's uh, let's circle back to the, the trade deadline. And the last thing <laughs> yeah, I will say is topic. while the Rangers appeared to have won the trade deadline with the Tarasenko and the Patrick Kane move, they played 11 no forwards no. and five <laughs> defensemen the other night. It was so alive. funny to see their bench. Their bench was so empty. <laughs> they have approximately $1,064 in cap space. Cap Friendly called it the lowest amount of available cap they have yeah. ever seen. So 
But you know what's funny is that they're still they're only going to spend somewhere in the name neighborhood of about 87 million in cap space uh while the vegas knights are spending 101 million dollars in cap i the way that they allow teams to manipulate the cap is insane it, it makes zero sense to be able to have teams that can pay out well above and then all of a sudden they're magically under. Even if, you know, like the Rangers did the other night, they had 11 and 5. Um, I get it. You're shorthanding yourself and you're, you're you know, trying to like, it's the way to even things out. You know, you're expecting to lose that game or whatever it might be. But, I mean, it, it's not fair across the board. Not every team can pay their, their entire roster $101 million. The Rangers are closer, you know, just a little bit over, but... To be able to use LTIR and all that stuff, it's just it's ridiculous at this point. I Major mean, shout out to Patrick Kane going uh, minus four in his first game with 16 minutes on ice, though that was nailed it. Money. <laughs> I mean, we we also at, at some point have to talk about the Bruins. Uh, where are they? The I fastest tried to, team to do 100 points today. I know, I know, but we do actually have to talk about them. I mean, fastest team to 100 points, 61 games, and then they had yeah. the trade deadline that they have. I mean, I, honestly, do you see anyone beating them? If they make um, it out of the first round, they're going all the way. Yeah, I mean that's that is probably probably true. I don't think there's many teams in the East that are going to be able to compete with them. Um, and really, well, let's put it this way: I know there's no team in the West that's going to be able to compete with them. Um, I don't think that's even close. This is um, a complete flip of what it felt like. Like when the Blues made their run, like the West was just like, yeah. If if you were if you came out of the West, you were standing on top of piles and piles of dead bodies, and you were the clear champion. And then you were going up against like a little kid, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, right now it looks like East feels like that this year. Yeah, I think if the playoffs were to end right now, they would be playing. Or yeah, I'm sorry, the regular season were to end. they would be playing most likely the Islanders as the way that that shapes out. The They're right now at 70 points, and the Sabres are at 66. Um, the, the Sabres do have about four more games in hand. It looks like the Islanders have played three more games than pretty much everybody. So there's an opportunity that changes around a little bit, and you get the Sabres or the, or the Senators to be able to sneak in there. But I don't think either one of those teams, either of those three teams, four teams, are going to be able to beat them. The Panthers aren't going to be able to beat them. They're the next next in line. But you have Toronto and Tampa Bay that are going to be playing, or at right now are fighting for that uh, that second-round matchup against the Bruins. That would be an interesting matchup for sure. Boston and the Lightning would be a – you would expect that to be like an Eastern Conference Finals matchup. It's a shame how all these matchups happen in the second round now with the stupid playoff format. Yeah, it's absolutely awful. And the Lightning, what? So they'll get. Oh, they actually done a pretty decent job with their their LTIR. They're actually abiding by the rules this year. Shocker. Um, yeah, so they're relatively healthy right now. Um, I mean that. I think the Lightning might be the team to beat them. Um, the the Rangers are interesting. I think with adding Kane and Tarasenko, they've got the firepower to be able to compete. I think Shesterkin is a pretty damn good goalie, so that's a pretty even matchup in net. 
Um, but the Bru- the Bruins are pretty strong defensively. I mean, and now they added Orlov, so that's going to help them out tremendously. Did it hurt you guys as much as it hurt me to see that Tarasenko highlight pop up onto your feed that Tony X threw out there? Uh, yeah. Tarasenko scoring his signature goal with the Rangers this time. Yeah. Meh. Just I an mean, absolute beatdown as we watch the Blues uh, struggle to beat the Sharks and get outplayed for a period and a half before t- figuring out how to play again. The only thing with it, though, is that he that's where he wanted to go. He wanted to go play with Panarin. He wanted to be in New York. He wanted to be in the big city. I'm, I'm excited for him. I hope that he has a decent run. I don't think he stays in New York next year. I think he becomes a free agent and he finds that he'll be on another team next year. Um, but he's getting the opportunity to play alongside. I think that's good. And he's playing like, like Vladdy should. He's, he is vintage Vladdy in, in New York, and that's awesome to see. Hopefully it turns into a payday for him. It sucks. It's a hell of a goal. Like pulling the Forestburg is always impressive. I my my opinion usually remains the same in situations like this. Uh, Albert Pujols leaves in 2012 and says, "I'm going to win many World Series." And I said, "I hope you don't win another one." <laughs> I, I feel the same way. I I don't care if Vladimir Tarasenko has individual successes and has great goals, and I get to see them and enjoy them. If he never raises Lord Stanley's Cup again, I will be a good day. It'll be bring me great joy and happiness. <laughs> yes, is that bitter? Absolutely, but don't care. So let's take this to the local side. So the Blues trade Tarasenko. They trade O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. They get uh, Verana. They get Blay back. What do you guys think's going on with Thinks? Think what is going on in Armstrong's head. And what is his plan for next year? Oh, I thought he was going to try to slip his word of the day in. <laughs> Dude, I I am struggling. I keep looking down on my paper, and I'm like, where the hell is this word going to go? Like I said, I feel like it's important, but it's not. Anyways, to the Blues. I mean, I think the Blues are... You know, I was listening to Chris Kerber the other day, and he, he said something that says sounded kind of scary. It was like, the Blues might be three to four years off. And I was like... Holy cow. I I think the Blues are, this is a speed bump of a year. I mean, I hate to say it, but it might be time to move on from Barube. You, you have a decent uh, prospect of a head coach on the bench next to him. You, Steve Ott is, you know, head coach in waiting kind of thing. Yeah. I do love me some Steve Ott. You just wonder if the message has stopped resonating with the players. And also, the one thing I will say this is the team is going to get faster. The younger they get, the faster they get. You know, I loved O'Reilly, but you could tell he looked a step behind. Um, his the, the the gears were grinding to get him to move. I felt it. I felt like it looked like I was out there. It was yeah, he was slowing down, but he now he looks great in Toronto. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think it was all a necessary thing, and I mean, I think, I think one thing we have to look at is we had that period of sustained success. So what in the past ten years, what are we were were yeah. first in wins, first in points. We won a Stanley Cup, great power play percentage, great penalty kill percentage. I mean, and then we just got ourselves to a point where we had to reward the players who got us there. We had to reward that core. 
But now we got stuck with all these aging players on long-term expensive contracts because they deserve their pay raise, but we couldn't keep them. Dude, that's well, just I think- not true. I mean, hold on. that that That's not really true, though. We didn't reward any of the players that helped us raise the Stanley Cup. We let Alex Petrangelo walk. Right. Um, but we're a small market. We couldn't afford to keep him. Oh, get the and, fuck and out of here. No, we think won't. Think if we fucking did with COVID. Think if we yes. did with COVID. Are you no, kidding me? The salary cap stayed stagnant for two years. Do you really think that that would have worked out for us? Yeah. I, we can't We can't say that, but we didn't even try. But we can't say that because I from am. From what Petrangelo I, says, it didn't even try. You had the best right-handed defenseman in the league who will be the best right-handed defenseman in the league for the next 10 years, and you didn't even try. So I think the problem, though, is that is they saw the glimpse of what Pareko could do alongside Bo Meester, thinking that he could be able to transition, not thinking that they needed Bo Meester for Pareko to play that way. Yeah, and, he's definitely playing like he's transitioning to something. That's he's for transitioning sure. for sure. But they could have. They didn't extend Pareko until 21. So they could have signed Petrangelo then. And been able to keep him. And they probably could have kept... I mean, in reality, you look at it, it's $2 million less for Krug. I mean, they could have made it work in some way, shape, or form to be able to do it. I mean, hell, you're looking at the fucking gymnastics that all these teams are doing, being able to get the cap now. $2 million is nothing for these teams to be able to hide. Um, I think... I do think losing Petro was a big hit to this team. The other side of it, too, though, is that I think... And I don't... I don't think extending uh, Cairo and Thomas was a bad thing for the Blues, but I think that it disrupted the leadership like view on the team. You could see that the way that team performed after those extensions, that to me it that signals a red flag for your leadership. Put on your big boy pants and act like a, an adult. And I think that's where Shen's coming in. Like I, I, I don't. I miss O'Reilly. I love O'Reilly's work ethic. And, and what he brought to the team. But do you guys really think that he was like a true captain for the team? Every time that I always watched, he wasn't the one going over to the ref's box and and talking to the ref. It was Shen that was going over and talking. Every single time, when I, even if O'Reilly was on the ice, Shen was the one going over to talk to the refs and coming back. Like, I'm not saying that he was a bad captain by any means, but... It, Shen to me is the option going into next year is who should be your captain and I'm fine with that I think he plays the the Plager style of hockey which is going to be fantastic I don't think that Barubi needs to go I'm not saying at least right now I don't think he needs to go because I do think that he can he can form the team into what it needs to be but he's on the hot seat going into next year he has to be especially if Ott is still on the bench next to him because then you know you have Ott right there Ott will not be on the bench next year unless he is a, a, the Blues head Yeah, coach. but, I mean, Ott should have been gone this year too, though. Like, that, I, I thought for sure going into this year that Ott would have been gone. I, there are so many teams that he could have gone to and been just fine. He should have been gone this year, and he didn't. So it makes me wonder if, may, you know, maybe there is something to it that maybe is already, hey, the coach in waiting, and it's going to be this. But Barubi still has, what, three years left on his deal? 
because he just extended a couple years ago, if not last year. But but with coaches, deals don't mean anything, yeah, right? I agree. Like, it truly doesn't. And to circle back around, yeah, I thought the Blues probably were going to repeat as Stanley Cup champions in the COVID year. but They should you know, have. They, they were on fire. But we can't, you know, we can't say what ifs, right? Right, um, and I would, I would even argue that last year, I think that they sh- they should have beat Colorado, and I'm not saying that as a Blues fan. I'm saying that as as a hockey fan, they should have beat Colorado. If Bennington but, wouldn't have gotten hurt, they would have beat them. But what I will also say is the the cap continues to be flat because yes. of the 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 agreement that the players signed. They wanted to do this. They screwed up. Yeah, they, well, the cap's going up again now. It only froze for those. Two not years. much though. It's, no, it's only going that, to like eighty three and a half next year. There is a billion dollars at the beginning of last season owed from the players to the owners. Now, you could have done the math, and they have talked about just paying off the owners, just doing it, and they have elected not to. And you know what? Their salaries remain stagnant because of it. Do you think maybe this is a reason why they're allowing teams to manipulate the long-term injured reserve? It could get play more money on the part it. of it. Give, give more players money without having to play them. Look at the way they handled Stamkos. Yeah, but they're not giving them more money. They're they're just moving money around. They're allowing you know? more money to be spent by the teams, which would Correct. give players more money. Well, it's not getting out in free agency though. Like we're not seeing what McDavid's the highest paid at thirteen million, isn't he? Somewhere right around there. Uh, or no, McKinnon's McKinnon will kicks be. in. He will be higher than. Yeah, uh, so David. you're not – the NHL, I think, does a really good job of slotting players in with where they should be salary-wise. Like, you're not seeing – it's not like the NFL that you have a quarterback that goes out and he gets $40 million this year, and then the, the fifth-best quarterback is his contract up, and now he's going to get $42 million the next year, and it kind of keeps resetting. You know, Mahomes is no longer the highest-paid highest paid quarterback per year in the league. So I think that's where the NHL does a good job, but they're allowing teams to be able to keep – keep enough players on their roster to where it's functioning. Like nobody at the beginning of the year is, is 80 or $20 million over the cap. Like Vegas is right now. Um, they're that way towards the end of the year. And they're able to collect the, the roster for it to go into playoffs. Well, and that's the issue I have with it. It is clear manipulation at that point is that you're right. It's $20 million that they've added this year alone. Right. Essentially. Right. Yeah. Um, which is another issue, but we can sit here and spin our head all day about the NHL and the cap and its issues. Um, let's talk about something else. Yeah, let's go to I something mean, else fantastic in St. Louis. Let's go to uh, St. Louis City SC on the MLS side. Roll down to Austin. What was it? What did Sean say on our podcast? I forgot to cut the clip because I think it was that he said that the last time that Austin played a team like this, they, what, they beat them 6 nothing and 7 nothing. Uh, so yeah, put me in coach, correct. our soccer expert from at put me in coach on Twitter, uh, decided to say that we were probably going to lose that game. And we all said we were going to lose whatever, but we won. I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, hand, hand up. I said we were going to lose two nothing and it wasn't going to yeah, be I did too. close. So, so I mean, I, that's on me, but also, I mean, there was a lot to really like in that game. We also, you know, we caught some breaks, which every team's going to have to have throughout the season, but I mean, so be it. Went in, got the win. We had a lot more possession than I thought we would. I mean, 
everyone talked like we were going to have no possession. We It was still, what, like 60-40? I mean, that's not nearly mm-hmm. as lopsided as everyone expected it to be. Um, yeah, and, and, and much we trust. I, I thought it was an incredible debut for the team. Um, that first goal by Parker was something awesome, but that final touch by Klaus was amazing. I don't care what the local radio personality who thinks he knows soccer. Shout out at Moon Valjean. We'll, we'll tag him. I in was the waiting for that. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. Um, no, but I will say this too. We're not the MLS side. We'll no. put me and Coach talk yeah. about that. But awesome, awesome um, Apple TV experience. Yeah, I, I mean, wa- I think. I, go ahead. I watched parts of four matches mm-hmm. uh, that Saturday. Um, I watched the game on Sunday, even though it was on YouTube TV. And I didn't realize that. I still watched <laughs> I it on too. Apple TV. <laughs> um, I did the same thing. <laughs> I thought it was great. The only issue I had was actually during our game, I th- saw like the ball like. When they kick it, and it might have just been where Austin's cameras were, but it like fluttered and the and the screen kind of fluttered. That was the only issue I had. So like on the only kicks, the only issue that I had is because I didn't get to watch the game live. Uh, my phone sat in my pocket, consistently buzzing, which was driving me nuts because I knew that something was going on. Uh, but I didn't get to watch the game live, and I saw the highlights, but I didn't. I wanted to watch the full game. The only issue was trying to find the replay of the game was an absolute disaster it took me like 35 minutes to finally find it um i actually went on twitter and searched mls apple tv replay to be able to find it um but i mean i love that the whole system that they go to i do think there is something to not having local tv or, or some sort of local broadcast on it like you know tomorrow's game for city um, I don't have no idea when we're finally going to get this out because half of our podcast is going to be down there. Um, but the first game at yeah, home for City is uh, is going to be act like real adults here, Cameron. Well, he ha- he's got a long way before he turns thirty. Uh, so you know the the local broadcast at home and not having it on on bar in front of the paywall, I think is going to hurt a little bit. Kind of talked to my like my brother about that. He's like, I'm not going to pay the eighty bucks or whatever it is to be able to get it. Luckily, you can just use mine, so it's not a big deal. But, yeah, it's freaking awesome to be able to watch every game, to be able to see highlights of every game. Like, I didn't I didn't watch probably – or I didn't watch replay or highlights of three games, I think. Other than that, I clicked through the little highlight package that they had on almost every game if I didn't watch it because I could. It took five minutes. All right, let's watch it. Let's see what's going on. And I could put it on my phone. I could put it on my tablet. They, I think they kicked it out of the park with how they set up and, Apple TV. And, and, and to be honest, I and I don't know if this is going to be a fair statement, I don't think the MLS cares about consumers like your brother. No, I don't think they do either. Who, we all love Kyle, but Kyle has never ever mentioned anything regarding right. soccer. I think he would be very casual and passive when it comes to soccer. Like, yeah. oh, they're on? I'll watch them. But like, well, I know. They're looking for the global name. Exactly. So I think the MLS fans they knew would seek this out, and for 80 bucks a year yep. is nothing to a lot of those people. I mean, it's not, It's going to be nothing to me here this weekend. Um, so, yeah, yeah, when you break it, 
when you break it down, if you're watching your home team on Apple TV, it's like $2.30 a match for regular season. You throw playoffs, I know are going to be on FS1, but you can still watch it on Apple. Um, I think that the the champion, what is it? The I, See, I, I don't even know. Open uh, Cup. The, the Open Cup is going to be on there. I mean, so like all of those games are going to come out to basically paying what you would pay if it was on YouTube TV or whatever charter or whatever it would become. But um, I'm excited to see what tomorrow brings with the home opener for City. Uh, I think it's going to be a massive party downtown, and I can't wait to see pictures. Pictures. The Those A-10 are going to be put on our social media. Starting downtown as well. It's the Missouri Valley, but you were close. Well, whatever. <laughs> and it's yeah. right during the soccer too, or during oh, the beginning yeah. of soccer. It's a two o'clock and a five o'clock tip off for those two games, and then uh, kickoff for cities at seven thirty. So that's going to be a blast. It makes the parking lots opening up at four thirty really seem like a questionable idea. It's very uh, questionable. But yeah, I mean, I know. I know I'll be down there at the game. I know Sean will be down there. Not sure if he ended up getting tickets or not. I know hope will be down in the area, but uh, you guys could always follow along with us at Pod Riding Pine on Twitter and at Pod underscore Ride the Pine on Instagram. All that content will be going up. Who knows? I may have too many Michelob Baltras and go live. You never know. Go what live. Let's there. Yeah, Ride the Pine live at City City versus Charlotte. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, for, I got time to do it. If you guys don't mind me being unhinged in every way and possibly well, crying, we deal with that anyway. Yeah, that's pretty normal in our yeah. thread. Hey everyone, it's Adam with the Benchwarmer Podcast Network, and just want to thank you for listening to Ride the Pine. Please make sure you rate and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @PodRidingPine, and along with our sister pod, not just because it's soccer, at, at @PutMeInCoachPod. Thanks, and back to the show. Uh, so let's go from uh, one version of football to the American version of football. Uh, big news kind of coming out at the Combine. The Bears are looking at moving number one, and they're not looking at moving just the first overall pick. They're looking at moving the first overall pick back to number three just so that the Texans can jump over Indianapolis, and then they're looking at moving that pick as well back a couple more spots to be able to collect more picks. Um, they're going the opposite of less seat less need. They love them picks. They don't want to fuck them picks. Um, what do you guys think of the Bears possibly moving number one? Like, that's a big deal, and especially moving that far or that many trades back. I mean, if you have faith in Justin Fields, which I don't know if you should. I mean, that's the right thing to do. Um, I, you got to build around them. You got to stockpile picks. You got to get players in. The easiest way to do it is through the draft. In a NFL is one of those leagues where careers don't last long. You want to get the younger players in while they're healthy before they start getting hurt. And I mean, it makes the most sense as long as you trust Justin Fields. I think it is the most sense for them to move back. Um, I didn't know that they were talking about moving the third overall pick as well um, because I saw that that was the deal that was wanted to be made. Houston wanted to jump to that number one spot. Uh, they'll probably screw it up and take somebody like Will Levis. Um, I, the, every time that I hear that Will Levis could go number one overall, I want to pull my hair out. I'm like, oh, no. I want someone to go back oh, my and God. Pull, <laughs> pull the pull clip up. of Kenny saying three weeks ago that this uh, was, that he was going to be the white quarterback taken too soon and just have it ready. <laughs> this this has Kenny's name and his dirty little fingerprints all over it. And hell yeah. yeah, it does. But do you guys hear? Wait, do you hear who was also being rumored to go number one? Uh, Richardson. 
Antonio Richardson yeah. from Anthony, Florida. Yeah. And that guy was worse. Like six games. Yeah. Oh, I I get it. The teams need quarterbacks. But for the love of God, don't do it with those two. Just please don't. Like, my biggest fear because, one, because of the team that I watched when I was younger besides the Rams, is the Bears taking one of those two for some stupid reason just because that's what they thought was a good idea. The other one is the Cardinals deciding, yeah, you know what? We don't need Murray. Let's go and draft Levis and get him out here. Oh, like... I hope Those they two do are it. awful. They're so bad. Did you guys not see the Instagram videos of them quote unquote throwing flat footed despite taking oh, a step? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How could you this? not want that kind of Instagram content? Oh my god. Levis. It was both of them. I'm it was Levis first. On Instagram. It's so it, bad. It but makes yeah. its way to Twitter. So the big oh, okay. the big <laughs> thing that everybody's thinking that the Bears do is that they move back to number two. Uh, Bears swap with the Texans, and it'd be you know not a huge pick because they're only moving up, or a huge trade because they're only moving up one. But then you would have the Colts move up to number two because they would fear that the Seahawks or even the Raiders would jump over them. Uh, so then the Bears would trade two to go back to four. Uh, and then at four, they're going to probably end up getting the man that they want, and that's Jalen Carter, who apparently... All of the crap that went down with Georgia, what, Kenny, that was before the semifinal game or was it the national championship game? Sure. I think it was I think it was a semifinal game. But apparently there was a player killed and then the recruiting coordinator were killed in the car accident. Turns out Jalen Carter was racing them. Um, and so he was charged with, you know, what is it? I think leaving an accident and then racing and then driving recklessly. Um, so he's hey, probably Sean. the number four. When Sean's listening to this, this is where you insert the Jim Carrey "Stop Breaking the Law" asshole. <laughs> yeah. Stop breaking the law, asshole. Well, in his defense, it's probably the first time that he's done it. He's uh, going to hopefully. Jalen Carter is going to jail. I don't think he will, though. They were talking yeah. about it today on the radio. He's going to jail. I I don't think he does. I, a lot of the people that I've at least the stuff that I've read is that all of those charges end up in probation. No. Henry Ruggs isn't even in jail yet. How? Yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's going to jail that fast? Henry Ruggs, yeah. 100% guaranteed video evidence killed someone. Yeah. That's and just he's sitting at home on house that's because in a $5 million home. Every justice system absolutely sucks because you can't get anything done because everybody has their own, their own agenda. Let's not get into that. Because that'll go into a long thing. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Bears trading is by far the best option that they can do. The other interesting thing that I saw this afternoon is there's an article that was published about the biggest trades that any NFL team could make. What about the Bears trading for Lamar Jackson? That would be interesting. That that gets really interesting. And there's rumors that he's going to be on the non-exclusive tag which means that any team can make an offer to him and the Ravens can either match it or, or send him. And I don't know what the compensation is on that. I can't imagine it's very much because it's a one-year deal, all of that stuff. But it would be interesting to see if if he gets traded where he goes to. The Bears would be a hell of a fit for him. Is this like the NHL's qualifying offer or whatever that... Uh... I don't know if it is, but it's probably pretty close. Wow. Okay. That would be interesting. Uh, there's, you know, a lot of mystery around what's going on with Lamar Jackson. 
All right, so let's go to our next topic of the day. Um, let's talk MLB for a little bit. So a couple things came out literally hours after we recorded last week. Uh, Manny Machado wanted to be a free agent. He wanted to get out of San Diego. He was going to exercise his opt-out, but he decided to stay in San Diego when they showed him the money. Joke's um, on us. <laughs> yeah, that's why we should stop recording on Fridays. Maybe you should change it up. Everything happens on Fridays. Um, but... Big news coming from San Diego. They spend money, or not spend money because they just traded for Soto, but they're out there spending as much money as they possibly can in free agency. Are they going to prove once and for all that the big money is actually going to pay off for a dynasty? No. No. Yeah, I kind of agree. I I don't see that team being able to succeed. I still think the Dodgers have them beat, um, but it's interesting that they're spending the money on it. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, in theory, they should win the West. Um, they're they're very young, right? Like young and inexperienced. Um, man, I just don't know. I'll I'll be honest because the Dodgers are going to be the Dodgers, and even though the Giants had a bad year, they could jump up and slap somebody in the face, right? Yeah. Right, I mean, it's been a couple of years since the Giants have been like super relevant, and they're overdue. Oh my God, I, this is totally off topic. I'm watching the Knights and the Devils right now. Puck just went over the bench and smacked a coach in the face, and his face exploded. Nice. That's fun. <laughs> Which coach? Uh, it looks like it's an assistant. Hmm. Maybe it's not as bad. It doesn't look like it's bleeding. We don't have a bleeder, but he's definitely grabbing his head. Uh, anyways, hmm. um. We'll cover the MLB more in depth and go into our MLB preview here probably uh, two weeks from now. Uh, we'll go through all the teams, kind of like Put Me and Coach did with, with MLS. Um, that'll be fun for us to do. Uh, it'll be a little bit longer, but we'll go in depth and we'll, we'll break down those teams. Um, so next thing, as far as baseball goes, let's go into a little bit of spring training stuff. Uh, Max Scherzer, always looking to get under people's skin. Uh, today in his, I think God, it was I his second him. start. Kenny, yeah, don't Max stand Scherzer. up. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll hear the thud. Um, but Max Scherzer's on the mound. Obviously, he's got the pitch clock going against him. Um, batter calls a timeout, and I have no idea who this guy is that's up at bat. It was probably some no-name minor leaguer. He's up at bat. He calls timeout, steps out of the box. He gets his time. Scherzer immediately gets ready, and as soon as the dude comes back in the box, Scherzer fires a fastball right down the middle. How awesome is that? That's the way it should be. Just love it. Mad Max continues to be mad max i mean like so, i said like the good pitchers are gonna adjust to this they're gonna find ways to use it to their advantage i think i i'm not opposed to it in the sense that i don't like how it ruins the game i'm opposed to it in the sense that i think it's gonna ruin ruin pitchers but man there was there was somebody that struck out a guy in 20 seconds the other day literally so, if you got up to go pee you missed it so they talked about this again i heard this stat that the average major league game was three hours and twenty six minutes. Yeah. The average. Hold on. The average major league spring training game last year was three hours and one minute. The average spring training game thus far is two hours and thirty six minutes right now. So it's cut a half hour off. Oh, for sure. And in baseball, where, I mean, if you can get that game closer to three hours every time, I think it makes it much a. Um, a much more entertaining product, right? Um, there was a there was a game played the other day that 
the I think it was the Orioles and somebody else. I'm pretty sure the Orioles had the lead. They were the home team, so the bottom of the ninth didn't happen. The Orioles wanted to play, or the other team wanted to play the bottom of the ninth because they just wanted to get the pitcher an inning. The umpires walked off the field. They played the bottom of the ninth in seven minutes. They had like four at bats rolled through it because they just, and they're like, hey, we, with a pitch clock, we're just going to do what's normal and we're going to go through it. And it took seven minutes longer. That was it. So short and sweet. I think the time is fantastic. I just worry about what it's going to do to pitchers come August and September. If the game's going to be shorter, get rid of last call on the seventh inning stretch. Oh, yeah, they have to. Let it ride to the end. I mean, you can see the writing on the wall now with Mo. Well, you know, we don't have the money. You know, our, <laughs> our, our revenue is down at the stadium. People aren't spending as much when they come to the ballpark. Yeah. God forbid you can't take a family of four there anymore, Kenny. Um, I mean, By the way, and, hold on. And now you won't be able on. to buy as much beer. There are tickets on sale. There's tickets on sale right now for the Arizona Diamondbacks series against the Cardinals at Bush Stadium for $5 a piece. Probably on a Tuesday afternoon. The kids should be in school. I don't care. It still okay. proves Cameron's point. It doesn't, though. <laughs> you didn't put any qualifying <laughs> markers on it. You said you can't take a family of four to the game. You can't. For, for under you said for under 100 bucks. Yes, and I stand by that. Oh, I'm going to find a way to do this. There's Yo, no do, way. I, I am a family of four. I, I will do it this year. I'm going to do a family of five. I'm going to prove this point wrong. <laughs> You're going to prove Cam- Cameron's wrong? Yeah, No, I'm exactly. going to prove your point wrong. It can be done. I've seen it. There's no fucking way. Anyways, you act like I'm the only one dying on this hill. <laughs> the other fun stuff with at the spring training is the adaptation of no shift. Uh, the Red Sox this week, they come out with their own shift. Uh, they go to, in soccer terms, the four-one-two, which is four infielders, one short outfielder, and two deep outfielders in right field. Uh, I think it's awesome. I mean, I think teams finding their way around, whether that's banging on a trash can or, or mutilating a shift in one way or another, is great. Uh, but all you have to do is hit the ball the other way now. If you hit the ball the other way and you don't fucking get a triple, that's your own damn fault. It's garbage. <laughs> which part of it, though? The rover. Come on. It's not a rover, though. If you can do it in competitive slow pitch, you can do it in baseball, it's fine. You just compared competitive slow pitch softball that is a bunch of 30-year-old middle-aged men. If I could find a way to mute Cameron, I would. I said competitive. I didn't say what I was playing. I said competitive. That was a bad one. Yeah, Yeah, that was... That was bad. That, I don't mind. A, I don't that's mind. That's a hot take. It. So bad. Yeah, was, Skip Bayless is calling me. Telling yeah, me that was bad. horrible. Uh, I don't. I don't hate them being able to do it. Um, I think this puts even more emphasis on the impertinent idea. Eh. I don't think that was right. All right. Well, I'm one for two. That's all right. <laughs> this this oh, whole word of the day thing is impertinent. I'm telling you, this is. This is way worse than wearing any any jersey. Uh, we'll get back to the word of the day and how I messed it up here in a minute. No, um, we, we need to touch on this now because okay, go you several times talked yourself into knowing what the word meant and immediately talked yourself back out of it. Because yep. I didn't think it was right. Oh, I feel like it's important, but it's not. I can, it, I can exactly, Google it it's now, not right? important. I can Google it. Not showing proper respect. Cameron just nailed it. You blew it. Ah, uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> mm. 
fuck. Anyways. You didn't find it impertinent to uh, mention what I was going to say about Max Scherzer <laughs> earlier. That he is definitely going to be the first pitcher thrown out for arguing oh, yeah, I'll put pitch on clock right rules. Yeah. That's that's going to be obvious. It's going to be him or... No, no, no. It's going to no. be him. Yeah, he's got to be the he's got to be the clubhouse leader on that one. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. But yeah, it's spring training. Uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll get you guys more of an update as we get into our breakdown here in a couple the, of weeks. The best part about spring spring training is hearing how great Paul DeYoung is going to be this year for us. Oh, he's not because Mason Wynn is hitting five thirty. Let's take that all Dude, day that long. Don't forget, he also day. hit. He hit 99.4 yeah. across the diamond in a game and then hit a 435-foot oh home run as wow. a 20-year-old who's undersized. And he pimped it, too, dropped the bat, put his head down, and walked. It was I fantastic. can't wait to go watch him in Springfield this summer because you know. he's, he's going to start in probably Memphis, uh, but I have a feeling it is going to be short-lived. Anyways, let's go to the last topic of the day. Uh, a lot of... For us, a lot of heat around men's basketball rankings. Kenny, let us know what's going on with men's basketball right now. Uh, men's basketball, college basketball, is uh, controlled by nerds, and uh, yeah. they they have ruined sports for us. They 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 care too much about made up stats. Um, I, and I think we should take our sports back, and 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 not that sports aren't for everybody. But when you diminish wins and losses like you have in baseball and basketball, and you you try to do it in hockey and 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 you force all these fake analytics, you know the joke always is with baseball. Well, what's he hit on Tuesday nights and you know against lefties? Right. When you do that all the time, or you have a system like Ken Palm, and oh my again. God. This this is the question that Cameron asked was how is Mizzou not ranked? Is when you do exactly what Ken Palm thinks you're going to do, and then they dock you points for it. Doesn't doesn't make up the fact that Mizzou came out and shit the bed Tuesday night and had to come back 18 points, but they won exactly how they thought they were going to, so they knocked them down a peg. Whatever, look. My Missouri Tigers are going to make the tournament. I don't care who you are. They are not an 11-13 to 13 seed, Randy Carragher. They are a 7 seed right now. They might even be a 6 seed. So, suck on that one, boys. Yeah, I think they have completely jacked up how they rank teams. I'm looking at the AP 25 right now. Uh, obviously, it comes out, I think it's Sunday night or Monday morning that they come out with this. So the games from earlier this week and, and just the other day have no bearing on what they have. But right now, they have Kentucky at 23, A&M at 24, uh, with let's call it 160 points. I have no idea how they give points, but whatever it is. They have Missouri at 16 points. How is that even possible? And and I know it's it sounds homerish and 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 all that stuff, but... You have these teams that have legit good schedules that are playing solid basketball. Yes, they've been have lost a couple games that they shouldn't have, but they've beaten the teams that really nobody thought they would beat. And you have a team like TCU who's 19 and 10, and Mizzou going into last week was already a 20 win team. 
they won two more games this week. Like, I get it that it it doesn't look pretty, and I get kind of what Kenny's saying of how it docked some points because they were down 18, and maybe they should have won by 23 and, and really done it. But for the love of God, like, these rankings are horrible. If you look at the, the eye test, a team like Mizzou is not well, 28, at, 29 Adam, in the country. Do you have the rankings pulled up? Which one? I have coaches the and AP. A, the, the AP top. The coaches yeah. poll is ridiculous in both sports. Don't coaches poll is a little bit more legit though. Like it doesn't no, have Kentucky. Not. It doesn't Steve have Kentucky. Spurrier, Steve Spurrier said he let some GA assistant do it. You know, like well, come on, that's get true. out of here with the coaches poll. Where is Iowa State? Iowa State in the AP twenty five is not ranked, oh. but they have. But they have 20 points compared to Missouri's 16. Where they were Illinois? one of the first four out. Illinois is not ranked. I don't see points in the but AP. Let's 25. do an easy one. Where's Tennessee? Tennessee, number 12 in the AP 25. Who has the same record as Tennessee, both in the right. SEC and overall, and beat right. Tennessee head-to-head while on the road? I yeah, and that's that's where I think it's a disaster, and I, I just I don't get it. There there has to be something weird. I mean, you still even have St. Mary's and San Diego State, and I get it. They're twenty five and six, twenty three and five. Both of those teams are top twenty teams. Xavier is twenty one and eight. You can't tell me that the SEC schedule is that much weaker that a twenty plus win team is not right. <laughs> Well, you can't tell me either that Houston, who's what like twenty five and eight or something, twenty seven and like two. That's what, yeah. Like they're not playing the best competition. They're not in the Big Twelve yet. Like that's no, better but, than. But I think Houston is more of the longevity because they had a hell of a year last year too. So I think that it's like when Gonzaga is always at the top. Gonzaga is usually at the top because they've constantly won and it keeps on going. But Houston's even then, not Gonzaga though. I would say that Alabama is the number one team in the country. Absolutely. Well, and you always hear them talk unfortunately, about unfortunately, little Kansas like, is there too. You always hear them talk about you know quadrant one, two, three, and four, and your your records in those. But apparently, that's not how they do it. They all base it off of analytics. So why the fuck do we keep yeah. pushing the quadrant rules? Because if you look at the quadrants, it really makes no sense because Mizzou hasn't lost to anyone outside of quadrant one. Right. And their losses, I mean, a couple of losses were bad, but their losses haven't been horrible. Like, I mean, they're what you would expect from there. It, It's a disaster. It needs to get back to reality. Kenny, you're right, 100%. Nerds have ruined sports, whether that's on the, the baseball side or even uh, basketball, whatever it might be. I mean, hell, even going to the NBA, and nerds well, have ruined it with load management. I mean, these two sports are the most egregious, right? Baseball and and basketball, where you can really kind of like break down and, you know, the Rock M Nation guy, Matt Harris, like releases this chart after every Mizzou game. And like, I look at it and go, what am I looking at? Like, yeah, I would need, it doesn't make I need, sense. I need a PhD to figure this out. If, if you enjoy that, whatever. I don't. And you know what? Call me old school, but pitchers win baseball games. They lose baseball games. They get W's. They get L's. I I, I don't give a shit if it's a quality start. Right. I don't. I don't. I 
I, I well, don't care. Like I think it's when you take the the stats that you're keeping that are random, like completely random stats, and you try to make that an important one. Like I know it obviously this isn't gonna be a stat, but it's like how many games you win on a Tuesday night when the sun is shining and the moon is you know, whatever, like all these random things, that's how good of a, a team that you actually are. That doesn't make a difference. Like, let's look at the the shooting in basketball, shooting percentage, rebounding uh defensive possession you know things like that like that is what is going to make or break a team and that is where i do i do tend to lean towards those other teams you look at mizzou mizzou struggles on the rebounding they're a jump shooting team they can go through streaks that's why they were down 18 the other night against lsu but that doesn't make them a bad team that just makes them a streaky team and streaky teams guess what they get hot and they win national titles like, you don't well, have to be a great team to be able to do that. Here's my thing, and here's my final point about this, since we do talk about Mizzou basketball. We're, we're essentially using this to pump up Mizzou basketball's resume. Hell yeah. Go Tigers. White out tomorrow. Um, M-I-Z. C-O-U. For me, Mizzou basketball has not been relevant in a long, long time. And the fact that I'm sitting down watching games and making sure right. I'm watching games is one thing. We had a defensive-minded coach. The last guy for the last five years, um, he's, he didn't care about offense. We care about offense now. We score a lot on offense. Basketball is fun again in Columbia, and that is what's most important. One thing that I will add to this while we're talking about college basketball, we will be running a Bracketology Pick'em Challenge um, for all of our listeners and for us as well. Uh, fun way for you to interact with us. Watch out for us on Twitter at PodWritingPine for information on that. Haven't quite decided where we're going and what the prizes are, but we will be doing it. So just keep an eye out. And that will start probably. We'll probably get that going next week because uh, with the MVC starts as usually the first one this week, and we'll get those rolling. So yeah, SCC tournament starts next weekend yeah. or next Thursday. They're going to be in Nashville. So yeah. Yep. All right, cool. Um, well, this has been Ride the Pine. Make sure you follow us on the Benchwarmer Podcast Network um, at BenchwarmerNet on Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow us specifically at PodRidingPine on Twitter. And let's give those guys on our sister podcast uh, a shout-out as well um, at Put Me in Coach. I think they had some issues this week with their broadcast that they put out, um, something with the host that we use or whatever. I don't know. Sean runs that. Uh, but make sure you follow both of us on all of our networks on Apple, on Spotify, on whatever hey. you want to find us on. We're there. Hey, props to Matt at uh, Put Me in Coach. He did text Sean uh, last Saturday and said City was going to beat Austin 2-1. to one. He didn't get the score right, but he got the win right. So, Hey, good job, Matt. And, That's and fantastic. Props to my brother-in-law who lives in a state where it's legal to gamble. And I said, well, if I had $5, I'd throw it on there. And he threw $5 on there and sent me the winnings. What a guy. That's fantastic. I know. What a mensch. As oh, soon as we get our stickers made, we'll be sure to send them to him. We'll send him one. Yeah, we'll give him at least one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. You guys got anything else to add? No. Vamo City. All right. Great, great job this week, guys. I know you guys were sick. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>